Justin, I need you up here. For a season. Come here, Justin. Bishop Stan Gleason. It wasn't like Elijah's here and then he's gone and then it's Elijah. No, they're walking. They're walking side by side. They're walking hand in hand. Now, let me tell you, Elisha, when I was up against those false prophets, mm. I just lifted my hands and I called down fire from heaven. Right. And the God that was with me is going to be with you. Yeah. And when I faced false doctrine and the spirit of the Lord came, you ever met a Jezebel? Let me tell you, Jezebel's a Jezebel. <laughs> Jezebel. She's a devil. And I want to tell you something, that God that helped me is going to help you. And I was yes. in a cave until God, I, I heard he wasn't it. in the storm. He wasn't in the earthquake. He wasn't in the fire, but he was in a still storm small voice and the God that spoke mm. to me in a still small voice is going to speak to you. Thank the Lord. Be strong and of good courage. Bishop so David K. Bernard. Be strong and of good courage. There is a transition before you're loyally serving your father and senior pastor. Mm. Now there's a subtle switch which it may be a transition. It may, may not be obvious but it's happening where you're taking the lead and he's supporting you. Hmm. Yep. He's there to advise, to guide. If he feels like you're getting ready to make a big mistake, he'll probably let you know in some way, but he's gonna back off and let you <laughs> hear from God for yourself. He's gonna let you get direction. Hmm. And your personality is different than his. Your style is different. Yes, there's yes. compatibility of values and message, but there's gonna be a difference of operation. And so that transition will become evident. Hmm. So what you have to do, you be strong and courageous. You step up. Your, your pastor has given you opportunity, and you've held back because hmm. that's what you're supposed to do. But now I it's sure time did. for you to step forward with your own voice, Going with your forward. own word, with your own relationship with God. Be strong, <laughs> be courageous, and do the work that God has called you to do. Wow. You're listening to the words of my bishop, Stan Gleason, and my bishop, David K. Bernard, admonishing me, giving great words to me about a major change in my ministry. Hello to you loyal listeners. It is your loyal podcast host who hasn't posted anything in seven months. Am I okay? Absolutely. I'm very okay. Is my family okay? Oh, yes. But things have changed in my ministry. And the audio you just heard was the beginning of those changes. Back in February 2023, my ministry changed. I became the lead pastor of the Life Church of Kansas City, Missouri. And I feel to talk to you about this and also just in general the subject of a change in your ministry, what to think about, signs to know that's coming, and how to go about it. Because I feel a lot of people are in that in their lives right now. Maybe not quite to the level of becoming a, a, a senior pastor of a church, or maybe you are. And... Um, I just want to say a big thank you to all of the listeners who have written to me, who have contacted me and checking up on me. And yes, we're fine and we're here. And I, I figured it out, I don't know, somewhere around 2020, 2021. If, if I went off 
the podcast air for a week or two, people were messaging me, are you okay? Where are the, where are the episodes? It's like this podcast has become uh, people's personal property, and if they're not getting it, uh, they want to know why aren't they getting it. So, But you're getting it. We're back here. We're back here loud and on demand on this podcast, and I never had a plan of letting it go completely. I didn't, but what I knew when I went into this major change and season of my life, I knew it needed my focus. I canceled a lot of my guest speaking engagements, put them off. Uh, We canceled an Israel trip again. You know, first it was the COVID and the vaccines. Now it's just, uh, well, I really didn't cancel. I just never went through with it this year. But I just, I felt like I needed to give all of my attention and focus upon being a new pastor of a phenomenal church. And included in that was this podcast ministry that we began in January of 2020. And I really debated it because I love doing this and I love the... um energy that it brings and the value that it adds to people. But I just felt that this pastoring was number one. And um, I I had time for this podcast, but I just wanted to give my attention to pastoring. I'm sure you understand and I'm sure you uh, know that I made the right choice because we've been having great church (laughs) and we've been having great revival. And uh, to my shock, we've actually grown (laughs) and things are good. And uh, I, f- I feel a part of that is because I've given so much attention to it. And um, I feel um, that it's time to start podcasting again. So we're back here. We're open for business. Uh, that We cut the red tape back in January of 2020. So the doors are still open. Come on in. <laughs> Let's get to the Word of God, all right? The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. Take God's love to another level in your life by giving to the ministry of this podcast. Give an offering through Cash App, PayPal, or Venmo at Justin C. Gleason. Thanks and be blessed. So a change in your ministry, and uh, it'll happen. Very rarely does somebody start a ministry and they just continue it their whole life. Maybe every once in a while you have a a preacher out there who started evangelizing when he was 18, and he did it until he was 88. You have that. But even then, uh, very rarely will that evangelist stay in the same home church or base church for years and years and years. Usually they'll move. They'll do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. It's just how it is. you know. Very rarely does a a preacher uh, take on a pastorship in some church when he's 17 or 18 and And stay there until he's 96 or 97. It just doesn't happen. Most men and women, their ministries change. They uh, start out here and then they're promoted here. Then they move here. Then they go. They're elected here and there and then everywhere. (laughs) And so your ministry changes from time to time. Well, mine has. This is what happened in February of 2022. My my bishop, the pastor of this church at the time, Stan Gleason, also my father, introduced a resolution to the church in the business meeting. Uh, excuse me, I'm getting ahead of myself. Going back to February 2021, 
introduced a resolution or like an addendum, I think they call it, in the business meeting, and it was for a pastor-elect. And what this was is the church would one day have a pastor-elect. They would vote on it, and that pastor-elect would hold that position as pastor-elect, meaning whenever the senior pastor, the current one, anytime he would resign or retire, that pastor-elect becomes the senior pastor. So the church voted and it passed. So that was put into our bylaws. In 2022, last year, February in our business meeting, it was presented to the church to vote on Justin Gleason to become the pastor-elect. The church voted and it passed. My dad then, this past February 2023, resigned. And at his resignation, I became the senior pastor. So that's been going on in my life. And I, I don't really talk about my pastoral ministry on this podcast. I, I really haven't. I began this podcast as an associate pastor. And uh, I just very rarely talk about the church and what I do here. And I very rarely, t- actually, I never talk about this podcast uh, at, here at the church. I don't. It's too. It's two separate deals. It's two separate ministries, and I've wanted to keep it that way. But I, I tell you, it's it's been on my mind and my heart. I knew it was coming, and I just did everything I could to prepare myself. And I, it's just been amazing to see what God is doing here in this local church. I thank God for it. And um, my wife has been amazing. My kids have been awesome. I, I tell you, the night that uh, I was elected to be pastor-elect, Bishop called my wife and my three kids up on the platform and my son, (laughs) my son Cohen, after I spoke and greeted the church, after I was just elected, he was pulling on my hand (laughs) and I looked down and I said, what? You know, this is like one of the biggest moments of my life. And he said, daddy, I want to say something in the microphone. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my God. And I said, no. And he Got a little bit upset with me, so that if that tells you anything, my family's even on board with this, even my son Cohen. So, so yeah, the, the family's been a big support, and I think that's important in a change in your ministry. There, there, there's some things you want to think about that you need to look for when you sense there it's uh, time to change your ministry. A couple signs, and you need to know, is your family okay with it? Family has got to be okay with it. Okay, you also need to look back on your past ministry and ask yourself, you know, is it is it better than when I found it? If it is, it could be a good time to change your ministry. If it's not better than way the way you found it, you might want to rethink that. You always want to leave something better than the way you found it, you know. And then uh, also, I think you need to ask yourself, you know, if you feel a change in your ministry. Could you serve where you're at right now uh, as as long as possible? Could you do it? And the, if the answer is yes, then you're probably suited for a change in ministry. Because if you're able to stay in it, then you're not burnt out. You're not just an opportunist. You know, you're, you're willing to uh, have a good spirit about it. And so I had all of those three things, and I, and I knew it was time. My family was okay with it. 
um, I'd certainly made things better than what I found it. I was youth pastor in this church for many years. I was the associate pastor for many years. And each of those ministries that I took, I made them better than the way that I found it. But then also I knew I could serve in youth pastor for a long time. I could be associate pastor for a long time. And all of those three things, if you have them, you know that you're in a good spot for a change uh, in your ministry. Uh, it's as simple as that. So so my dad gets up and preaches his last sermon as the pastor of our church. And you know, you're know, you sitting there thinking about anything and everything that could possibly go wrong. But in the meantime, God's up there thinking about all the things that are going to go right. <laughs> and as my dad is preaching, February 12th, 2023, his sermon title is literally The Last Sermon. You can get it on the Life Church KC podcast. Phenomenal word. And towards the end of it, he's got his handkerchief. He throws his handkerchief on me. Loyal listeners, when that happened, I felt, I felt something come upon me. It wasn't just a handkerchief, but it was a spiritual mantle fell upon my shoulders. I felt it. And then he called me up on the platform and did an illustration as if he was Elijah and I was Elisha. And it was a powerful holy moment. I felt the anointing of a pastor fall upon me at that time. I will never forget that impartation. It was spiritual. It's real. These mantles that you hear guys preach about and talk about, uh, that stuff is real. The impartation of spiritual gifts, the impartation of uh, ministries like that in offices by the laying on of hands of the elders, I'm telling you right now, it is real. And I'd never experienced it like that in my life. I mean, God called me to preach when I was a kid. I've had uh, ministers lay hands on me and impart spiritual gifts to me, but that anointing for the office of a pastor fell upon my shoulders. I tell you what, I could feel it. And uh, we've got that handkerchief in our in our box of collectibles, and it's not going anywhere. Matter of fact, I get up and preach with it on Sundays. I keep that handkerchief with me. Ain't nothing happening to that. So yeah, something really great imparted unto me. That next Sunday, February 12th, we had as a guest minister, Bishop David K. Bernard. Uh, he was awesome. God moved in such a powerful, mighty way, I tell you. I mean, that whole week was just amazing. Uh, from Dad's resi- uh, preaching that message to David K. Bernard coming, it was just uh, powerful. And I, and I, I want to tell you something else that happened that uh, service on February 12th, 2023, when uh, Bishop threw that that handkerchief on me. So we're having a powerful altar call, and there's a tongues and interpretation that came forth. And uh, our, our uh, worship leader, minister of music, Dr. Justin Larmy, gave the tongue. And then Gary Browse Jr., who is our head campus uh, discipleship leader, Gave the interpretation. The interpretation was this. You have well spoken in the years past of the paradox of the epoch. You did so unknowing that it was of this day. day. While you have done great things in this generation, the devils to come are mightier than you have faced. In trial and tribulation, I will raise up a stronger generation. That transition is now. Follow and believe that I am in this. And I went back to the audio and listened to that and wrote that down because it was so um, detailed and so uh, 
like, wow, holy moment. And that's really uh, been on my mind. While the, the part, especially when it says, while you have done great things in this generation, the devils to come are mightier than you have faced. In trial and tribulation, I will raise up a stronger generation. So I wrote that down, and we've been trying to uh, do that, and we have been coming up against devils. And uh, there's been a lot of trial and tribulation, but my goodness, we're coming out stronger, coming out mightier, and it's been powerful. And so that was just a great week for me. Uh, people called me, texted me, said a lot of nice things to me. Then Brother Bernard came on Sunday, uh, that next Sunday, Sunday, February 19th. And my dad hadn't even resigned yet, but he preached his last sermon. (laughs) So it was like it was an official deal, but it wasn't. So February 19th was the official day my father got up and resigned and I became the pastor. And it was it was such a special day. Uh, I was very nervous, to be honest with you. But uh, let me (laughs) let me tell you what happened. So. Our church worship begins at 11 on Sundays, but at 10 o'clock we have classes throughout the campus. And I was teaching a class, one of our discipleship classes, which I've since stepped down from. I was up there teaching a class, a lot of our newer disciples, and while towards the end of the of, of the class, around 10:40, 10:45, uh, the fire alarms went off. Lights were blinking, you know, the sirens going, the big horns. And I look, and nobody moved in my discipleship class. <laughs> I'm thinking, we got to get out of the building now. Fire, fire. None of them moved. <laughs> and it was like they just trusted Jesus and trusted that church so much that uh, there ain't nothing going to happen to that church or them. So they just stayed in there. That's how engaged and hungry they were to hear the word of God. So I finally said, we better go and investigate. So I walked down the hall, and everybody had already ran outside, all of the other classes, the main class of adults, all the kids, all of the youth, all of that. We all got outside. And uh, lights are going off, sirens are going off. you got to keep in mind, not everybody knows what's going on, but I do. This is the Sunday Bishop is going to resign, and I'm going to be pastor. <laughs> and on that Sunday, what do we have? Fire alarms going off. Well, our ushers and our security assessed the building that it was not a real fire. It was a false alarm. So we got on the microphone and told everybody, please come back in the building. This was a false alarm. Apologies for the inconvenience. So everybody runs back into the sanctuary and we start worship. Well, we we got the sirens off, but the lights were still blinking. So there is Bishop and Sister Bernard up there with Bishop and I, all our families, trying to have church, trying to have, uh, you know, the pastoral transition Sunday and and fire alarm lights are blinking in the sanctuary. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there trying not to be nervous, trying to enjoy myself and have a good time. But I'm thinking, dear God, help us, please stop these blinking lights. Dad walks over to me, puts his arm around my shoulder. And he says, son, let's just pray. And we just pray together, Lord, help these lights to shut down. God is my witness. At that moment, after we prayed, we look up, the lights stopped blinking. <laughs> you know, I found out, I read some history. Um, Charles Spurgeon, his first Sunday at the at the big church, the Metropolitan Tabernacle, his first Sunday there, right before he was about to get up and preach, some loon came running in there and screamed, fire, 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 everybody get out now. 
and and there was panic and everybody ran out and he's sitting and he's standing there in the pulpit nobody to preach to and it was it was it was a total nut a total heckler came in there to disturb and disrupt the service and i guess after that uh bishop spurgeon never got over it so i think i'm in good company here in my service uh <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that bad uh just a few blinking lights a false alarm we came back in and have church but so i'm in good company and, and uh, so um yeah so th- things like that happen to the best of us and, and things are going to go wrong they just do they just do and you just kind of make the best of it you know so we made the best of it and it was like just one worship song we had those blinking lights but nobody cared everybody was excited to be in their church you know so the second song the worship team did was that a song that dance like the weight has been lifted. <laughs> and I mean, that altar was packed and people were just worshiping and giving God praise for delivering them from addictions, delivering them from all kinds of trouble in their life. And truly the weight, the weight of this world, we laid aside the, the yoke of bondage and took on the yoke of Christ. And people are just, I'm, I'm looking around seeing former alcoholics, former this and that. And I'm just thanking God for deliverance and transformation in people's lives. But I got to tell you, while everybody was dancing like the weight had been lifted, I was over there dancing. Not that the weight had been lifted, but a big weight had fallen upon me. <laughs> and it was a pastoral anointing. And I feel it right now. I, I've felt it since February. It's And it hasn't left this burden, this weight upon my shoulders. It's 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 like the hand of God got heavier on me. The the mantle of the Spirit, the gift and calling, the office of a pastor rests upon me now. And so Bishop Bernard uh, uh, was phenomenal, gave a great word to our church, really admonished me. And so, yeah, I became the pastor of the church. That's how it all began. And then we had a really nice official installation service in February, or excuse me, in April, a lot of my family came into town. So nice to have the Gleasons in town. So nice to have the Pamers in town. Uh, uh, Pastor Paul Pramer, Pamer preached a phenomenal word. Uh, Brother and Bishop and Sister Pamer uh, gave a great uh, prayer and gave great remarks. And then uh, my district superintendent, my bishop, uh, Brian Parkey. I got a lot of bishops in my life. And that's really important. You got to have that. You want to be a pastor. And uh, these men, these women have been so helpful to me, so uh, special to our church. Uh, Bishop Parkey preached the house down. And um, I'm just so grateful for a good, the be- just a great beginning to a very wonderful ministry and a very wonderful church. And I thank God for it. And uh, let me tell you, God's been doing great things. A lot of baptisms, a lot of people getting the Holy Ghost, a lot of healings. Miracles, wonders, and signs, and yes, demons coming out of people. <laughs> My second Sunday, <laughs> there was this girl up there praying at the altar. I say a girl, a lady, very nice lady. And I just looked down at her and I said, do you want uh, some spiritual warfare? And she looked at me in desperation and said, yes. And I just said, devils, you know you need to come out now, all of you. And I watched as that woman collapsed on the ground, stiff as a board, then raised up and started moving like a cat. And I look up and about 50 people are in a circle staring at me, wondering, oh, my God, what is this? Because a lot of people had never seen that before. 
And I just repeated myself. I said, all of you demons, you know you've got to come out. Now come out now. And she started coughing and convulsing, which is a sign the demon is leaving. You want that. And then she collapsed on the ground. Some of the ladies there ministered to her. We got her a cup of water, and she just couldn't believe what she experienced. But, yeah, she was delivered. And that raised a lot of questions. A lot of people uh, saw that and experienced that, and that has happened actually quite a few times. I've lost count. And it just it came to pass what the tongues and interpretation, the word of the Lord was, that the demons in this generation are stronger and the ones in the past, and a lot of our newer people that are coming to this church this year need deliverance, and we're ministering to them, and it's been wonderful. So yeah, it's been great to see that kind of revival happen, and I'm just looking forward to the uh, future. Amen. The Justin C. Gleason Podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and more. Press follow and become a loyal listener. Give a five-star rating and write a great review. You can also get more content from me at the Life Church KC podcast. You're here to listen and I'm here to talk. Hear the voice of God, the Father in heaven, who will never love you that way. Asbury revival. Gentle and kind. Zach Mere Cribs. Experience his love. Experience. Don't waste this opportunity. I'm going to pray real quick. Mm. There's a screw on the A screw on the ground. Shame the devil. He's not going to get me with that. Shame the devil. All right, let's pray. <laughs> Jesus, what if I put a just, just a hole in my pants? A hole in my and pants. you just see my hiney. You can right. see my hiney. Wow. The only way we can uh, this is the first John service that launched Lord, Asbury Revival. This is it. We love because he first loved us. And I yeah, February get an 2023. I Here have we like go. Jehovah Sassy on my side. Jehovah say, Sassy. Stop striving. Stop striving. Stop wearing this heavy burden mm. of I got to love because I'm a Christian. Experience the love of God so they Experience. can pour out the love of God. Not through their own efforts and not through their own knowledge, but because they are filled mm. with his love. Amen. Amen. Yep. You can, you can tell I take this serious. Very serious. Screws. I pray that this sits on you guys like an itchy sweater. Sits like an itchy you sweater. Got itch. You got to take care of it. <laughs> you got to take care of that itch. Look, I know I'm having fun with this, but I don't know. I liked the Asbury revival. And that uh, that whole thing kind of kicked off right as uh, we began our break here from this podcast. So I, you know, I've been looking through my journals and uh, things that were of major interest in the last seven months and i want to cover this and a few other things and uh and i think they're really important let's let's talk about revival people want it people talk about it a lot what is it what does it look like well the asbury revival was a big uh national global phenomenon and i i followed it it really interested me i really actually liked it but it was one of those things, uh, it was cool while it lasted, and I don't think it uh, lasted. Matter of fact, I think Asbury needs another revival. I, I think it's over. It needs The revival needs to be revived again. So it was one of those things, it was a beautiful, it was like a firework, you know, just, I mean, so beautiful to watch, but it quickly just uh, faded. Spectacular for a short moment. Uh, a one-hit wonder. All of those things. Is that how you want your church to be? Is that how you want your church to be just gone, right? No. 
I would rather have an eternal flame. That's what I'd rather have. You know, do you want a firework or do you want an eternal flame? Not far from me is uh, uh, the Truman Library, and there they have one of those little uh, fires that never go out. They lit it decades ago. Uh, JFK has one of those at his tomb. You, you see them here and there everywhere. These flames, as soon as they're lit, they just burn forever. Well, that's the way our church has been ever since the 50s when it uh, uh, was founded by uh, Bishop W.I. Black. Okay, an eternal flame. So I just want to say to all of you that maybe felt like you were not doing anything for God during the Asbury Revival, the experience Asbury Revival. I'm sorry, but I, you know, the, the, the guy that led it, uh, Zach Meerkribs, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing his name. He's actually a nice guy. He's actually very interesting to listen to. Uh, he's got a good quality of, of content, a nice, um, uh, a good sense of humor, but he's just, um, I wouldn't say he's a traditional, he doesn't have a good traditional, well, he doesn't have a proper traditional pulpit etiquette. He doesn't have a proper traditional pulpit ethic, okay? You know, a screw's on the ground, he almost trips over and he's got to talk about the screw that's on the ground. He's like, I have a hole in my pants and you can see my hiney, you know? But it just goes to show you don't have to be a pulpiteer to draw a crowd. You just got to have a message. And he did have a message, and boom, it worked. So from experiencing the love of God to having a screw on the ground and seeing my hiney and having it uh, Jehovah sassy and be on you like an itchy sweater, you know, it started a prayer meeting that didn't quit for weeks. And uh, people called that revival. So some people were very critical of this. I wasn't. I re- well, I, re- I really wasn't anything. I just watched and just enjoyed it, you know. But some people said it wasn't real. I- I'm like, what, what do you mean it, it isn't real? Is all this stuff we've been seeing on social media, is it CGI? Did somebody just com- computer generate this? You know, a bunch of people uh, singing back and forth and laying out on the floor uh, in, in their shorts and tank tops and seeking God day in and day out for several weeks. Uh, is- so it wasn't real. Well, of course it was real. There's, uh, what do they call them, uh, citizen journalists with their phones that uh, captured all of it. And it, it made a lot of us here in the oneness Pentecostal movement wonder, oh my Lord, what are we doing? See, here's something, I learned it a long time ago and I'm going to share with you a secret. And uh, I, I, it's one of the reasons I love this podcast. I say a lot of things here that I'm never going to say in the pulpit. And I say a lot of things in the pulpit that I'm probably never going to say here. So it's a very, very nice uh, arrangement that we have here with ourselves, okay? And uh, let me tell you this. I've been into a lot of churches, okay? Uh, my church, I would call it a middle-of-the-road, oneness apostolic holiness church, okay? But I've been in other churches that are a lot more conservative than mine, a lot more, a lot more rules, a lot more strict, right? And you know what? The Holy Ghost falls here in my middle-of-the-road church, And it also falls and does the exact same thing in those major conservative Pentecostal churches. You know, ones when I walk in, I I respect them and I take off my wedding ring, all right? Okay? So I've seen the same Holy Ghost fall in my middle-of-the-road church and a very conservative church. And you know where else I've seen it fall? Very liberal uh, oneness apostolic churches. Yeah. Oh, yeah, makeup, a little little light makeup, a little bit of polish here, a little bit of trimming here and there and everywhere. Uh, thighs <laughs> up on the platform. 
Uh, everybody was out at the movie theater the night before all of that. You know, you know what I'm talking about. And I've seen the Holy Ghost just blow up in that house. Okay. You know where else I've seen the Holy Ghost move? In Trinitarian churches. <laughs> I have. Okay. And I just think the Father seeks anybody who will worship him. And you notice whenever the move of God happens, it's not when we're worshiping our holiness. It happens when you worship Jesus. It happens when there's faith in him. And I think Asbury started worshiping Jesus. They weren't worshiping the triune God in that moment. No, but uh, Pastor Zach is up there talking about experiencing the love of God like a like an itchy sweater. And, and shame on the devil for putting this screw on the ground. And I think people just ran to the altar, not hungry for Father, Son, and Spirit. They were just hungry for Jesus. Hungry to receive help from him. Hungry to receive deliverance from him. And there was a band that played and doors were open. And you know what? That's how you get people to come if they know you're open. If they know there's something there. And there was something there. The media captured it and it went viral. But uh, the, the, the firework has dissipated. Fourth of July is over. Asbury revival just it's gone. You know, the prophet said life is like a vapor. That's what your life is like, a vapor. Uh, so, so take a, a, a bottle of hairspray, one squirt, psh, that's your life, gone. Well, that's what Asbury was, just psh, like flatulence in the wind. It's it's gone. But, I mean, people were just, uh, there were people that were saying that this isn't real, that's not real, it's not real. I'm like, well, what is real? Uh, <laughs> so, I, I, this is how small people treat, treat bigger people. Small people, they, they, they got to have big problems to survive. But then there were people that were just so caught up in it and said that this is the beginning of a great awakening in America. I don't think Asbury impacted any other churches in, in, in this country, in this world. Asbury impacted Asbury. And there'll probably be another Asbury in, in the next 25 years. It'll be great, right? So some people just prophesied that this is the beginning of the, of the beginning of something really great. And I'm back there going, no, that ain't it either. It's the same people that when... Um, Wow. Down in Baton Rouge, Tony Spell, Tony Spell, nice church, nice preacher. You know, that they were saying uh, because he has uh, revolted and resisted the authorities and didn't shut his church down during the COVID lockdowns, but he kept it open and kept preaching and kept letting people come in in the midst of a pandemic that God is going to bless him and he's going to have revival, you know, and I mean, he's on there on CNN screaming and yelling about the government. They threw him in prison. They wrapped the thing around his ankle. But bless God, he kept on having church. And you know, that's fine. That's fine. It's this. It's a free country. You can do whatever you want. But uh, what I was just kind of, I don't know, just it felt it was a nuisance was all these people out there prophesying a big revival for Tony Spill. Big revival. Well, I mean, you look at his church now, I don't really see a big, it's, I mean, it's a beautiful church, great music, great preacher, right? But I haven't seen it explode. I think he's still got about the same crowd he's had before. Uh, the only thing he's got is that new restaurant there. He's got that new restaurant and I, I see it on social media. He's like, come on down here to the cafe. Have you some fried chicken, some potato salad, some sweet tea. You know, he's got he's kind of got one of that uh, that Asbury Zach McCribs thing going on, kind of talking like this. Come down and have a snack. Come down and have an experience. Wear a sweater. Right. <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, but so Asbury Revival, I don't I don't know if you liked it. I don't know if you hated it or whatever. But you know what? If you got a church that's still 
going to open up this Sunday in worship. I think you're having revival. What is revival? It's not big crowds. It's just simply when whoever, no matter how big or small that crowd is, people aren't dead but alive for God. That is what a revival is, to be revived, to be brought up, to be brought back, to be brought into, to be alive. That is a revival. If the Spirit is alive in you, you're having a revival. Okay? Uh, It's as simple as that. Okay? So this year has been a big year for uh, the LGBTQ community. And a lot of people are just blown away and shocked and just like their jaw dropped with all of this stuff happening. I knew it was coming uh, when uh, when uh, Joseph Stalin was elected. Excuse me, Joseph Biden <laughs> was <laughs> was uh, elected. I, I just knew this stuff would happen. You know, that's just that's what the woke are, right? They, anything that is gay, you know, wave the flag, right? Shout it out loud. So I knew it was coming. I knew all of these things were happening, and it's just been a major shift in our culture and so shocking to everybody. I guess uh, a lot of people really do believe that this is a Christian nation. Look, this nation was founded, the United States of America, it was in fact founded on Judeo-Christian values. Yes, it was. It sure was. But that doesn't mean that everybody has to be a Christian. The government doesn't force this, but it's allowed, and it's up to us as the church to uh, facilitate, uh, this to be a Christian nation. So, but I'm a Christian, so I would like to still say that this is a Christian nation, but you got to understand it's also very secular as much of a right as we have to worship. So does the secular community have such a, 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 a right to be secular, excuse me, secular, right? Not much of a difference it seems, but so the LGBTQ thing with the the whole thing and the and the Target and 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 all of that, it's just flipped a lot of people out. Well, I finally flipped out about it because a dude that I knew <laughs> that I may or may not have went to Bible college with on a uh, it may or may not have been a Bible college group that I follow posts a big old picture of himself and he has become a woman. I was like. <gasps> I thought it was a joke at first, but oh no, he became a woman. Uh, it, now, now a shem, a he a shem, kind of the transition period. I guess he's full blown woman now. And you know, I have a hard time saying that word transition. You know, for this year it's been like pastoral transition, but you know the the trans community has hijacked the word transition. They, it's not enough. They hijacked the rainbow and and all of these things. But you like uh, anytime I would type in the in a text pastoral transition that gay flag came up that purple and pink thing that hideous icon, I, I, we got to get another word for this a pre, uh, uh, I don't know a pastoral anointing right, <laughs> uh, anyway um, impartation I guess a calling but you know what I mean but so anyway this guy transitioned to a woman and. And all the backsliders out of that Bible college were praising this individual and, and writing, I'm so happy for you. This is so wonderful. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. <laughs> telling this dude he's beautiful. I, 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 I guess beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but I didn't know what to say. Okay. Now, several, when I began this podcast, you know, it's wise in life. If you're going to give, then take. If you're going to take, then give. And in giving this podcast, I took something away from myself, and that was commenting on posts. Very rarely do I ever comment on posts. 
Every once in a while, I'll give a little thumbs up and a heart and maybe a share. That's about it, okay? I almost commented on this post, and I almost just wanted to say, you know better, and this is not headed for anything good, but I just held my peace and uh, moved on. But I don't, I don't know. I, maybe I should go back and make a comment. I don't know. I didn't know what to say. What do you say to that when you see a dude walk in and he's dressed like a woman and wants to be a woman? <laughs> and he goes from Robert to Rebecca. What, what do you do? So I wanted to rebuke him, but I, I didn't. Be- and I tell you why. His post was not meant to challenge any doctrine. You know what this this uh, he, she, uh, that what was going on here? Uh, they just wanted to clear the air. He knows exactly what the church believes. He grew up in it. And he wasn't out to cause a fight or a stir or whatever. He just wanted to get out in front of it to stop all the rumors. And you know what? You got to respect that. But I almost wanted to comment and say something like, Dude, if you're going to be a woman, at least dress apostolic. <laughs> Don't cut your hair. <laughs> no makeup. Be modest. Wear a dress. <laughs> wear pantyhose. <laughs> but yeah, Wear your hair up for church if you got to be on the platform. But I, I didn't say a word. And I'm not going to say anything. But so... So anyway, but yeah, you got all that thing with Target, all the clothes, the tuck technology, all of that. It just, so I, it got the whole thing, this, this, this insanity got really real for me. And it always does when somebody, you know, does it. And, um, you know, I don't know, but I, I just think we need to do our best to dwell in peace with all kinds of people. And I know I'm having fun with this, but. I got to believe that anybody can come from anything and repent and have their name written in heaven. And it's probably going to happen. We're going to have people come into our church that are totally from a totally different world than us. You know, worlds apart concerning gender ideology. And we got to welcome them in peace. And the best thing that I can tell you to do is just keep your mouth shut and uh, show a little bit of Asbury love, right? And uh, I was in the altar the other day, and a man confessed all his sins to me, loud enough for other people around to hear. And I was like, bro, can you keep it a little quiet? He's like, oh, sorry. And he just collapsed on my shoulders, sobbed. I had tears and snot all down my suit, but the man repented, and it was beautiful, and angels were there to watch it. I mean, it's powerful. People are going to want to come out of this, you know? And I know I've had fun with this, but I prayed for this individual's soul. I truly have, and... You know, that's all I have to say about it. That's what this podcast is for, is for me to have my own little safe place to vent. Okay? That's all there is to it. This is Stan Gleason, and you're listening to Justin C. Gleason Podcast. So uh, something else that happened in the last seven months that I uh, feel very, very uh, good about is I got ordained with the Missouri District United Pentecostal Church. It was, it was awesome. It was, it was a great experience. I loved it. I went right to my general license in 2005. Missouri District lets uh, anybody who has graduated from Bible college go right to their general license, and so I did that. It's been great being gen- having a general license and. I could have gotten ordained years ago, but I always try to—I don't know—try uh, to do what's a what's a what's appropriate when it comes to 
commencements, I guess. And I felt ordination is appropriate more so for like an for like a lead pastor or like a like an evangelist. Now, as youth pastor, associate pastor, and I know there's probably youth and associate pastors out there that's ordained. That's fine, keep it. But for me, speaking for me, I felt like to be a lead pastor that would be more appropriate for ordination. But I thought maybe I should wait a year, pastor a year, and then get it. But no, something inside of me said go get it. And so for those uh, first like. Um, uh, almost three months every night. I'm I'm on <laughs> I'm on uh, Ministry Central. I'm watching the videos. I'm reading the books. I'm taking the tests, and we got all of that stuff uh, lined up. Sent in the application, the background check, the credit report, whatever, and uh, met with our great district board and got ordained. And it was so special. And I got to tell you, you know, when Dad threw that handkerchief on me and transferred that pastoral anointing on me something fell upon me again there from Missouri district from a from a bishop Brian Parkey bishop Chuck Carr um uh brother Scott Breedlove was there brother Tim Lee was there a lot of other just great ministers laid hands on me prayed for me and I just felt an a powerful anointing come on me so you know, as a license of paper, paper piece of paper yes it is but it's the power of impartation that it makes it spiritual and it was awesome. So it was great. But, you know, the the fun, the funnest part of it was uh, really was going through all of those classes. It, it was like three months of focused um, work. It was like I was in Bible college all over again. And uh, it's it was a great experience. A lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. So, yeah. So if you think about getting ordained, I, I, I think it's a it might be a good thing to have. So. Anyway, uh, Fivefold Ministry Conference was at our church uh, this past March. Man, was that awesome! You know, people used to not be uh, engaged in the Fivefold Ministry at all. It was something to be feared, and and it's no wonder because back in I don't know the forties, fifties, and sixties, I think they called it the latter rain. There was a lot of uh, psychos up there in the pulpit. They weren't spiritual; they were psycho. And I've heard stories. These guys, these prophets would get up there and say, you, sir, you married the wrong woman. That woman next to you shouldn't have married her. You see over over here, this woman on the other side of the church, you should have married her. And you need to divorce and remarry her and then all this. So it, <laughs> so there was a ton of re- divorce and remarriage and swapping around and, and prophesying all kinds of nonsense. You know, I, I want to get it. What God has joined together, let no man uh, put us under, Okay. All right, these prophets are prophesying everything but what the Bible commanded. So, what are they? They're false prophets sent there by the devil to uh, destroy. And uh, so we said, you know, enough's enough, and we're going to just abstain from it because there was there was nothing real and authentic and fresh. Well, uh, something real and authentic and fresh did arise in our fellowship. A lot of great men like uh, Brother Billy Cole, <laughs> uh, Brother Tom Barnes. A lot of these uh, great men of God who didn't call themselves apostles, didn't call themselves prophets, but they were. And they just had to operate under that mantle of good brother or pastor. But underneath that mantle, they are forced to be reckoned with, both apostolically and prophetically. Well, the latter rain movement has come and gone. They've had their time. And uh, it's now for time for the real fivefold ministry to arise up. 
and there's a lot of naysayers out there, but their voices are getting smaller and their talking points. The more they talk and try to try to disprove it, the more and more I think they realize how much of an adult they sound and they get embarrassed by their own words and they just sit down and be quiet. So now I get it, you know, with fivefold ministry, we need to have a seatbelt on and anything that we do needs to be safe. Okay. So, you know, you have carnal people out there. You have spiritual people out there, then you have the weird spiritual people. So we want to be spiritual. Don't be carnal. Don't be weird spiritual. Just stay spiritual. So uh, we need more than just tongues and interpretation in our churches. You know, we need we need all those gifts of the Spirit. We need all of the fivefold ministry, and uh, people are interested in it. I know our youth group, a lot of them came back from Youth Congress and very interested in what an apostle does. I've had conversations with them, and it's just wonderful. So we're excited about this. This these uh, conversations we're having. We're excited about it uh, manifesting and being demonstrated. And it's going to happen at a general conference here in the next few weeks. So uh, the last thing I want to talk about is, <clears throat> is not uh, what's experienced in the past seven months, but uh, looking forward to the future, and that is General Conference. I'm going to be excited to go to that. My my first one is a pastor. It'll be great. But uh, So uh, we have elections coming up, this General Conference. And uh, here is some audio from Pastor Nathaniel Haney at Landmark Conference at uh, his church in Stockton this past January 2023. There is a safety in the elections. Mm-hmm. However, they can also become politically we have some elected officials, one in particular, and it's not David Bernard. <laughs> I no. want to make clear. If it was, I, I, w- I wouldn't, I wouldn't, yeah. uh, I would say it or, we're, or at we're least clear on that. Clarify that because I'm, I'm pretty blunt, and when I believe something, I'll say it and stand by it. Yes, sir. But it's not Brother Bernard. I want you to know that. <laughs> It's not Brother David. I don't mean to laugh. He's elected and seems to be that's I love what Brother Brethren wanted, and that's what God has been able to use to help this movement. Absolutely. And so I just want to clarify that. But he is a man at headquarters in one of those positions. He politicked and politicked and called everybody and worked the system till he got elected. Ooh. And now when Brother Bernard steps down, he'll probably be trying to get that too. And once he got through to calling and everybody, he just dropped him like a hot potato. We're going to have that among us. Sure, yep. You're going to have bad apples. Mm-hmm. Just be smart enough not to vote for them. <laughs> Man. Woo! After that sermon, my phone was blowing up. Gleason, who's he talking about? Who's he talking about? And I'm like, well, I don't think he wants us to know. Otherwise, he would have said it. Because you know, he can't make that kind of judgment call. That's just... Um, well, that's just being kind and, and doing things to dwell in peace. But he's got a great point there about elections. And, and something that has changed, I don't know, in the last five, six, seven years, I don't know. But politics have almost become appropriate in the United Pentecostal Church. Uh, I've been getting phone calls and texts from people. Who are you voting for? Well, I think you should vote for this person. Like, they're, like they're, it's, they're, the guys are out there campaigning for positions. Five, six, seven years ago, I would have I would have thought, how dare you? Matter of fact, one guy did call me. It was for uh, the, uh, the NAM position. Tried to talk me into voting for somebody, and I just said, I can't believe you're calling me doing this. This is ridiculous. Well, now I'm actually engaging in the conversations <laughs> about it. 
And I guess have we become political? I guess we have when it comes to votes. I guess that is political. And so Brother uh, brother Haney has a good point here. Let's not be dumb enough to vote for political people. <laughs> so that's all you got to do. So what I'm going to say to you, if, if some of you are going to be in that business meeting, this is what I intend to do. I've been praying, God, who who is your favor rested upon? Who have you deemed, um, who have you chosen to do this position? Where's the anointing at? And, and uh, let's, I'm, that's how I'm going to vote. That's what we got to do. Look for the favor of God. And yes, look at the record. You know, are they, are they a blameless individual? Do they meet all the criteria set forth in the New Testament? And just think about what they've done in the past, because I've just learned nobody really says who, nobody is who they say they are. They are who they have always been. And uh, we got to find people that made things better than how they found it. We got to be looking for a good vision and good somebody with a good uh, idea of a good system and a good procedure and all of those things, because this world is hungry for revival. And you know what? The demons of hell are going to try to stop it. And right now here in Kansas City, I'm trying to be a a prophetic voice to everyone else out there. We got to have revival. We've got to get back to holiness. We've got to get back to God. We've got to get back to operating in the true power and gift of the Holy Ghost. Because this is a world that is desperate to have it. I'm Justin C. Gleason. Great to speak with you again. I've missed this podcast. I have missed all of you. I wish all of you very good. I wish all of you just many blessings here in this year, 2023. Thank you for being patient with me. And letting me take care of the live church. But we're back and uh, ready to go. God bless you. We'll talk to you again soon.